0: Get ready for Mind Shock with Dr. Ron Dalrymple, the premier podcast in the world, bringing you hidden truths about your mind's incredible powers. Get ready to free Free your your mind. mind.
1: Folks, welcome to Mind Shock, Dr. Ryan Dalrymple, the show that will take you to the outer limits of your mind and to the inner limits, the true final frontier. Our theme for this show is Evolution of the Supermind. I began working at NASA at 17 years old. We put people in space, which we called back then the final frontier. But at 19 years old, while at NASA, I discovered that if the mind is an energy field, it transcends the physical brain, and the true final frontier is inner space, the exploration of the true powers of mind. So our mission is to take you to the true outer limits of inner space. Think about that, the outer limits of inner space. Our motto for this show is Supermind, Superbody, and Super Spirit. In today's chaotic world, is a revolution sweeping the globe about who we are and what we are doing here. A mind revolution is changing everything, holding the theories of mind that turn old science on its head. Old science is three-dimensional and limited to the physical senses, developing new models of science that consider n-dimensions, as n approaches infinity. Here we have a great and fascinating guest, Ezra Ogott, in her really fascinating book, Money Does Grow on Trees. I just read that. I really enjoyed it very much. Ezra, how are you doing today?
2: I am good, Dr. Rahm. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I am well, not hearing is, you the best, but I will try my best to just really so <laughs> well, focus.
1: Well, it's really great to have you here. We enjoy your book. I think you tapped into some really powerful and key aspects of what it takes to evolve one state of consciousness. But first, let's go way back. We we'll often start with guests and ask you to tell our audience about how it all started with you, how it all began, way back earlier in your life, the first things that happened to put you on this path, which led you to your fascinating research and discovery and to the book and where you are today. How did it all start?
2: Okay. Well, um, it started actually, I would say, in L.A. I had left my own country, my job, you know, all my family for the sake of just really wanting to live and be in America. And um, I was studying at UCLA uh, in the film, you know, business directing and you know all that kind of stuff and at the same time working but uh you know being here being on my own of course you know uh being a student not really being allowed to work but then having to survive to be able to pay rent and all that kind of stuff um i started kind of like spinning into what i would call a really kind of a heavy depression you know feeling like I'm failing, feeling like, oh, my God, what should I do to leave everything behind that's familiar to me. I hadn't even come to the U.S. Um, you know, as a tourist before I decided to move here. So I was just kind of having a really, really hard time and um, got into drugs for a while. This was in my you know, early 20s, I would say like 23, 24, trying to find my way. And then, you know, one day it dawned on me that I'm like, you know, trying to do all these things, trying to carve out a career for myself, but I have so much unhealed issues inside of me. And so, I found Kundalini Yoga and that was the first thing that kind of got me on my path of, you know, healing, of understanding like all these kind of conflicts, inner conflicts I was having inside of me. And that was really the first kind of Embarkment onto my path. And then things started getting better. Um, I remember through Kundalini Yoga, just in three months, um, I was able to drop like drugs, stuff like that. You know, I just woke up one day and I'm like, oh, I, I will never do this again. And I was about 23. And since then, I never had a desire because I saw how with the Kundalini Yoga, that thing that I was looking for in the drugs was just available naturally. And I got over depression and was back to being a normal person again, (laughs) let's say. Um, And then the next set of things that came into my life was my life coach, Daryl Rutherford. And with him, I had a journey of uh, exactly like you are saying, understanding the power of our being, understanding the power of our thoughts. And through his mentorship, I was really able to turn my life around Big time, especially in the Department of Prosperity. Yes. So
1: that's well, how it started. Well, <laughs> well, well, going back, you've talked about in your book that 16 years old, you're a near death experience. You're almost around. Yes. You can you tell us about that? How you said you downloaded lots of information the spiritual level in that experience? Let's about that. Yes, of course.
2: Well, it was, again, actually during, you know, again, I was kind of going through this, you know, cycle of, let's say, depression, and uh, I was with friends interrailing through Europe, and we were in the south of France. So there I am, like, you know, at the end of high school, my senior year, with my life in front of me, but just, like, again, in this kind of a cycle of, you know, depression, and when I look back, I think I've had it since I was, like, a child, kind of always... I remember very early on, even before maybe being able to express myself, looking around into the world and feeling like, oh my God, what am I doing here? Am I here by mistake? <laughs> what is wrong with this place, you know? And not feeling very comfortable, let's say, with, with the Earth. And um, so anyway, we, we all went to the beach, and there were like red flags saying not to get into the water. I did. None of my smart friends did. They were on the beach having a beer I was the only one out there swimming and I got out inside a current and I was extremely of course afraid and I was just, it was like being in a washing machine and no matter how hard I tried I couldn't get up to the surface and I was like panicking and panicking and panicking because I knew if I opened my mouth all of that water was going to get in and I was going to drown so while I was in this complete utter state of you know fear and survival and trying to find the surface of the water In my right ear, I heard, like as if in a megaphone, it was more like a male voice of some sort that said to me this profound sentence. "Um, This is a dream, meaning life is a dream, and you're about to wake up, meaning I'm about to die. And as soon as I heard that sentence, there was like, I, I, there's remembrance that happened in my body, and I'm like, oh, that's right. This is a dream. And I'm about to go back home. So death all of a sudden became equated with going back to home, going back to what's real. And hence, I wasn't afraid anymore. And I just relaxed. And the minute I relaxed, it's almost like I got into this alternate reality of sorts. And the very first thing that happened was I started seeing scenes of my life, just 16 years, very short period of time, but it seemed to me that the only thing that mattered, because that's the only thing I was remembering in that last moment of leaving the planet, were the moments that I gave love and the moments I received love, like a trailer in a movie. Those were the only things that were memorable. And I remember thinking, I'm like, oh my God, you know, this love thing is so important. I wish I had remembered that while I was on the planet. Then there was kind of no I after that point. I saw that, and then it's like, boom, I got out of the body. I, there was still a sense of me, but not in the kind of character sense of me, like not in the ego sense of me. It was more this consciousness. I was a pure, you know, consciousness. I could tell there were like other aspects of me having other experiences in, let's say perhaps parallel realities I had a sense of it I couldn't see really what that was about and then as it went further there was like a more it was like first I was aware I was consciousness and then that consciousness kind of started expanding and encompassing everything there is so there was a sense of like oh my god I'm the water oh my god I'm the sky I'm the space I am that I am everything and everyone in that state of energy. So mm-hmm. and there was also this there was also just be, be just a little before that expansion there was um a sense of being able to think about my mother and being able to see exactly what she's doing, think about my father being able to see exactly what, you know, he's doing. And in that state, it was like Oh, my God, this is so cool. This is where we all end up. And we are that. We are a part of that creator that we, you know, look for. We are the creator, actually. All
1: of us combined. So basically, you tipped, tipped into the spiritual body. So you went out of body, you shifted a level of consciousness. We so could see a much greater panorama, plus it gave the strength and energy, no doubt, to get out of that situation when you came back down. Did you find yeah, I mean, what
2: yeah that is exactly true uh, you know having all this i mean i was just so you know happy there and um the more and more time the eyes started dropping and the more emness i was just a part of the emness. there was even no i and at that point of recognition of a sudden I had a thought where I'm like oh how did I forget all of this (laughs) like now that I remember how cool it would be to Mm -hmm. go back onto the planet and be physical again and almost it's kind of hard to describe because it's nonlinear it's like as I started having the thought before the thought was even complete BAM I was back in the body and then of course I was now totally relaxed in the water so immediately I got up to the surface Easily popped up another big wave came and I wasn't even afraid this time I knew I was going to be fine and the wave kind of you know surfed me back back to the shore
1: mm-hmm. So we went to the higher state of consciousness We saw many things But then at one point it was time to come back down You we probably were assisted by higher forces by higher powers to make it back to shore Did you feel like you'd being lifted and propelled back to shore?
2: I did I did I felt like it was kind of um, you know the cartoon Moana (laughs) it was kind of like a Moana moment where I didn't feel assisted by other beings I felt like assisted by kind of mother earth like when that wave started rising in front of me again which had taken me under before there was this this absolute knowing that I'm just going to be surfed right back like almost like a body surfer right back into the shore I knew that I was just meant to be back because I had chosen, really, to get back. It was a choice.
1: Right, so you had this, this higher vision, really, of who who we truly are. You realize you'd forgotten much of this beforehand. To be, you know, absorbed in the ego mind, the lower states, The external will try to enslave us. The ego will enslave us. Keep it in the cave you mentioned in your book. Very, very interesting. You saw the fact, so the out of the cave. So when you came back to shore... Would you tell other people what you had been through? Because there's really no they could understand, could they?
2: Oh yeah, of course. I, it was like I had taken, as if I had taken, you know, back, back then I hadn't yet tried ecstasy, but <laughs> later I did, and it really was like, as if I had popped 10 pills of ecstasy or something. There was just such a level of excitement and love, and I really felt like a, what a child must, how a child must see the, you know, the world. Like, everything was like, wow, look at the sand, look at the ocean. This is like a miracle. This is just so beautiful. So in that state of ecstasy, of course, you know, I went to my teenage friends, and I'm like, oh, my God, you know, do you know what happened to me and this and that? And they were like, oh, my God, we can't believe it. We didn't even realize. But, of course, when I started to share the experience, they were all like, come on, you know, did you drink before you went swimming? Did you hit your head onto the rocks? You are like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And so uh, it wasn't very
1: much heard, yeah. Yeah, that, that's a natural reaction, and it just shows that they live inside their cave, and you probably be inside yours, and you saw suddenly, wait a minute, there's a much vaster world the universe we're part of, we're a spiritual being, you transcend the physical body. So, so tell us a about how that led into your, your evolution of thoughts about the cave and so forth, moving beyond that. And then you, you studied with uh, Daryl Rutherford, you said. Obviously, a really great mentor. Case, can, can you start? just repeat that last thing again, Juan? Uh, you're well, you're coming gone, yeah. through a little bit muffled,
2: but I, I think yeah, I'm with course.
1: you. Just yeah. the last sentence, yeah. Yeah, sure. When, when you came back from that, that spiritual journey, he came like you shore, sure, of course, nobody understood what you were talking about, but you had an experience beyond the so-called cave that most of us live in created by the ego. So please tell us how your journey proceeded from that.
2: Sure. Um, Well, first of all, I was extremely jealous later on when I was older and I read, you know, other stories of people who had had a similar experience and that's the only time maybe like, I don't know, 10 years after or maybe five, six years after the event. When I read other people's experience, I'm like, oh my God, there is such a thing and it is known by some people because When I got a reaction like that from my friends, I was like, you know, all of a sudden I switched to this place where I'm like after the first initial three days of like ultimate ecstasy. Actually on the fourth day I was like right back into my depression because I thought, you know, well maybe, you know, everything I experienced is is a dream. Maybe I did hit my head and you know, Mm -hmm. just saw all this stuff. Although deep in my heart I didn't, I knew that wasn't the truth. But since there was no confirmation or any knowledge that such a thing even exists, like a near-death experience, I didn't even know that concept at the point, at that point. I couldn't ground it. And because I couldn't ground it, I, like, kind of put it away in a shelf Mm -hmm. of, like, okay, I don't know what this is.
0: And it
2: continued. the The ego took back over and pushed you back into
1: the cave of thinking, I've been thinking before, oh, it must be an illusion, a mistake in my head, whatever, instead of, you know, to it's actually something much more divine and much higher spiritual level. And you on with the journey. And tell us how you came to the thoughts about the state the a fascinating story. tell us about that?
2: Um, I just wanna, before I continue, I just wanna say, like, um, in our teachings, we look at the ego as like a function uh, in the sense of being an anchor. So probably at the time of my experience, if there were other teachings around me or other people who talked about near-death experiences or if I had read somebody else had something similar, then because what I experienced had a reference point or, or an anchor of sorts, probably my life would have changed right there and then because my mm-hmm. ego would have been able to anchor this new reality and be able to integrate it to the physical reality. But because there was no option like that, there was no information like that, my ego couldn't anchor something like that, so as if it didn't happen. Although, of course, in the background, we know it did. So Mm -hmm. it was many years later, uh, Dr. Rom, that I realized that experience actually had affected my past because I kind of, you know, went from being in ecstasy back into depression, back into kind of not feeling very good about about myself and just being a person that you know struggles with life, so on and so forth. Mm, but there was always this sense of, as I traveled, there was always this sense of, you know, there's more to us than the I meet. We are really powerful beings. You know, all these conditionings we live with is not really the reality. There was that inner kind of knowingness that really helped me, let's say, know, to more limited aspects of life. I was always on the search for, you know, what is possible? Why are we here? How can like I reach my spirit? How can I expand my consciousness? So, all that took me is, you know, first to yoga and then to Daryl, uh, my mentor. And I met Daryl at a time where I was really struggling with finances. Mm -hmm. and when I met him he in the very you know I I remember my first question was like I'm like Daryl you know I have a special talent for being penniless you know can you please help me out with this what is going on Mm -hmm. and he he was such a good mentor he goes you know immediately he's like well do you remember the first time you related to money And I had never thought about that, like, when did I relate to money? And sure enough, a seven-year-old version of myself immediately drifted into my mind where grown-ups are talking, they're talking about how a woman should care about money, she should marry for the sake of money, she shouldn't listen to her heart, if she does, she'll do stupid things, and so on and so forth. And I'm, like, mortified hearing this conversation so as a seven-year-old, I lock myself in the bathroom, I look at the window, uh, into the mirror, and I say, you know, God or universe or whatever you wanna say, I will always follow the way of love and I will always say no to money. So this seven-year-old version of myself splits the reality of money away from love as if they cannot coexist, which is a limitation because of course they can coexist. You learn about false separation in
1: love and money, which many people do. The money is yeah. evil, you know, money uh filthy lucre and so forth. You have money and you're crooked and so forth. not realizing that the two can go together, the so money and spirituality can go together. You can have higher spiritual beliefs. It so generate lots of money and use it to help other people. You can use it can be used for the great exactly. good in the world as well. In the case, you are a fixation of seven years old. So what happened then?
2: So, that that was a big, big, I mean, and I had two belief systems like that. First, through that experience, deciding money and love don't go together. And the other one was exactly the other one that you said, where only evil or bad people deal with money. Like, the good people don't care about money. Right. Mm -hmm. So, I, and that was from watching Turkish movies, like, kind of socialist Turkish movies, where always the nice people were penniless and the evil ones were rich. Be good, you so,
1: must be, okay. yeah, to, to be good you must be poor and so forth. You're so false uh, associates for talk, talk all kinds of false myths in life, early in life, which then preordained the evolution of a conscious state without life unless we were to change it. Not for something like what you had as M D E that experience shocks you out of it to a higher set of realizations. The folks that are here today has yes, all got a really fascinating book, Money Does Grow on Trees. Sounds impossible, right? Like you in a book that no, it is possible when you learn how to shift your consciousness and shift your being state, which we back to at the end of the break. So stick with us, folks. we right back. Like a Ron Del Rampo on Mind Shock.
0: Do you ever wonder how the mind works? The Endless Question, a film by Dr. Ron Dalrymple, shows you a new theory of mind, one that bridges the road between spirituality and science while revealing to you the laws of creativity, things that can open up your mind to limitless possibilities. It is literally a theory that changes everything. And once you know it, you can apply it to your own life. View The Endless Question for free on Amazon Prime. The Endless Question on Amazon Prime. ASMC, the premier German company that supplies everything for adventure, from outdoor clothes to outdoor gear, even backpacks. Lots of quality and lots of specials. To start your adventure, go to HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on ASMC. Paradise Found 2015 is a film that sparks of intrigue about the discovery of quantum field psychology. Throw in a sexy spy story, a conflict between father and son against the backdrop of NASA, and interspersed with World War II flashback combat scenes, and you'll be surprised to discover the foundation of a whole new theory of mind. Rent or buy Paradise Lost 2015 at Amazon.com and prepare for the explosive conclusion. That's Paradise Lost 2015 at Amazon.com. Reach your health and fitness goals. Whether you want to lose weight, learn to dance, Build muscle, or just live healthy. Beachbody gives you unlimited access to the nation's most popular fitness and weight loss solutions. Visit our advertiser page and click on Beachbody now. A complete mind development course, The Inner Manager by Dr. Ron Dalrymple, helps you develop your concentration, memory, imagination, and more, all to help you program your mind towards success. But it's not a boring read. You are taken on a journey with a young man who is trying to start his own business and immerses himself into a journey of self-discovery. A powerful book that you can read again and again. Get The Inner Manager by Dr. Ron Dalrymple at Amazon.com. The Inner Manager at Amazon.com. Remember, positive impacts. www.healthylife.net
1: Ryan Dalrymple on Mind Shock. We have a fascinating guest, Ezra Hogarth, who wrote really intriguing book called Money Does Grow on Trees. And who are taught not to believe in money, you must labor hard and long to make a pittance. But she talks about the fact that no, 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 there are other ways to create money which might shock you. Well, Ezra, how are you doing? Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. Great, great having you. Can you please tell our audience about the whole concept of shifting your being state? You as know, you shift in the state of being... Really different, what we're brainwashing to early life and how that can influence your prosperity. Please go ahead.
2: Yeah, um, well, I would like to start from before how I even met my mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, usually, it doesn't always have to be that way, but usually it's a lot of contrast that finally pushes us into a corner enough where we get out of the box we've been living in with a new decision that we make and i'm not talking about a decision that is kind of intellectual i'm talking about a decision that we make with all of our being and we in our system call that coined by daryl rutherford the being choice the being choice is a state of change that takes us from our habitual and you know limited reality whatever that is uh, and takes us right out, out, outside of our box, and only then can the solutions begin to arise. So even before I met my mentor, um, I had just met my now husband, then back then boyfriend, and he was also a struggling actor, and I was at the time a struggling yoga teacher. So we're like struggling together to just pay like mm-hmm. basic rent. And I remember just stepping, you know, into the middle of my living room and just being so sick at age thirty three, so sick and tired of all the time struggling with money, I remember deciding on a core level, almost on a cellular level, where I said, you know, money problems will never be a part of my reality again. I am gonna become abundant. I am going to be abundant. I didn't know about the how. But how it works is when we step into through a decision when we step into a new decision, really, with all of our being, then everything that matches the new box, or the bigger box, in comparison to the one we were living in, begin to flow into our lives. Solutions, opportunities, teachers. In my case, it was Daryl, to show us the way, because now we're belonging to something different. Exactly, so you
1: make that being choice, make a total choice of your whole energy being existing I am, which is the divine contact within the I am, you so know, for prosperous successful, all good things come to me, life is magic, I make great things happen all the time, these kinds of statements you command this forth with great power and emotion and the energy you send forth does make those things manifest it brings to you all sorts of those issues that not, like you said, you don't know how but it will come, you also do also know when, but it will come and will manifest so it is a powerful thing to shift your whole being from feeling a victim, I'm a loser, I grew up in the mocking of the duck, which we taught all the old theories of social evolution, to realize that we are really divine beings inside the social body, and we have divine creative powers, which is what you've already tapped into in your work. How do you see that?
2: I didn't catch the last little bit to tell you the honor. Oh, honestly, okay. i honestly sorry. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, I'm saying that the reality is that what you tapped into in your work and helping people, coaching people, that we all have this vast creative power inside us which touches into the divine. You all have some divine power flowing into us that feeds part of it, which we can bring forth into our lives into like a roaring flame.
2: Exactly, it's about like awakening people Because each of us actually know this I kind of oftentimes equate it to the near-death experience I had like before I had it. I didn't know but I could sense and then when I did have the experience I'm like, oh my god, how could I have forgotten this and that reality that other reality is true for all of us So deep inside I think everybody, you know knows it and remembers so when we can coach a person in a way, to the remembrance of their own infinity, of their own power, then, you know, miracles happen. And it really mm-hmm. is mind over body, and it really is the power of the. It's like, in, in that sense, we're like mini gods. We have that being power, and we can use it in the way of limitation, or we can use it in the way of expansion. For example, one one client um, that we had in the certification, you know, she, re- she was just about to get married and she really wanted to get pregnant. She went to do all these tests with, you know, the best doctors uh, in Turkey. And they were all like, you know what, forget it. There's just no way you can have a child. And don't even try the test tube uh, way either because that sounds like horrible your eggs are. So now when an authority figure tells us something like this and at that point you know they did the test so is it true yes it is true like her eggs weren't good at that point in time but it doesn't mean her eggs will never be good in any other time because there's not just like one time one being one physicality that we're with uh, like many gods we can, you know with these being choice and a whole bunch of other things that we don't have time maybe to get into She made a different choice than what was her reality at the time and she said, you know what? I'm in the certification uh, uh, Certification program. I paid all this money. I'm learning all this stuff. I know it's mind over body I know that I'm a powerful creator So I will recreate my body and you know what if it doesn't happen, that's fine. I'll adopt a child because when we're manifesting anything, it's very important also like to not be too attached. So we always have to make the worst case scenario okay, and it needs to feel like it's also a pleasant choice, which in her case it was. So anyway, she Mm -hmm. made this being choice, what we call a being choice, and then she got like married a week after, and then she was in the honeymoon a week after that, she already got pregnant in in her honeymoon. Mm -hmm. you know it just took her two weeks and then so she comes back from the honeymoon and then of course you know she still has to go to a doctor (laughs) so she goes to Mm -hmm. that like last doctor which is like the end all the professor in turkey and he's like completely shocked and floored he's like oh my god well what did you do (laughs) like this is impossible this is a miracle so he tests her again and he compares the two tests, and he's like, you know, I really don't know what to say, because it's as if the two tests belong to the body of two different people.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, really fascinating, really fascinating thing, because thoughts and emotions do resonate within the physical body, which you dwell upon, because a strong emotion, which you visualize powerfully, will manifest in the physical body, not necessarily when we want it to, but it will come at some point, or if not, like you said, If you're okay with the fact that it didn't work, there might to the next step to try in moving forward. How do you see that?
2: Um, Yeah, I think that point of non-attachment is very, very important. When people want to uh, manifest something, they kind of get confused um, moving forward with attachment. We cannot be something we're attached to. They don't go together. Mm -hmm. Either we're non-attached and then we can belong, or we're attached and we're holding ourselves in separation from whatever it is that we're wanting.
1: Yes, that is, that is true, that desire and attachment are two very different vibrations. You get attached to something, you become enslaved by it. It controls you and You start to reorganize your life around protecting your assets and so forth, which turns out to be a waste of energy. Well, folks we are here today, there's a whole guide really fascinating book, Well, Bunny Does Grow on Trees. They've a lot of fascinating idea, it's a great read. We'll be back in a few months, take a break for our sponsors. Hanging up, folks, right back. Dr. Ron Dalrymple on Mind Shock.
0: fun, stimulating program that can teach you how to develop your own powers of creation. It uses a three-part mind stimulating approach to get you to develop your own creative thinking. It will help you create a powerful self-image and helps you see how you can take creative action. You'll develop your thinking power and your skills, and you can do this in eight days. Get Dr. Ron Dalrymple's book, Eight Days to Creative Power, on Amazon.com. Overcome your problems with the step-by-step guide. So get Eight Days to Creative Power on Amazon.com. Get high-quality glasses, sunglasses, and prescription lenses at eyeglasses.com. Choose from over 250,000 items and 400 brands. Already have frames? Get replacement lenses. It's easy. Go to our advertiser page and click eyeglasses.com. A complete mind development course. The Inner Manager by Dr. Ron Dalrymple helps you develop your concentration, memory, imagination, and more. All to help you program your mind towards success. But it's not a boring read. You are taken on a journey with a young man who is trying to start his own business and immerses himself into a journey of self-discovery. A powerful book that you can read again and again. Get The Inner Manager by Dr. Ron Dalrymple at Amazon.com. The Inner Manager at Amazon.com. Reach your health and fitness goals. Whether you want to lose weight, learn to dance, build muscle, or just live healthy, Beachbody gives you unlimited access to the nation's most popular fitness and weight loss solutions. Visit our advertiser page and click on Beachbody now. Do you ever wonder how the mind works? The Endless Question, a film by Dr. Ron Dalrymple, shows you a new theory of mind, one that bridges the road between spirituality and science while revealing to you the laws of creativity, things that can open up your mind to limitless possibilities. It is literally a theory that changes everything. And once you know it, you can apply it to your own life. View The Endless Question for free on Amazon Prime. The Endless Question on Amazon Prime. HealthyLife.net, the positive radio network.
1: Welcome back, Dr. Ron Dalrymple on Mind Shock. Here we have Ezra O. Gutner fascinating book, Money Does Grow on Trees. You starts off with of talking about how desire and attachment are two very different vibrations. If you're attached to things you've created and you hang on to them too strongly, they're sort of to control you and also lower or dampen your energy field it's in piece of what you're going to create next. Ezra, please tell us more about that, Desire versus sure. attachment.
2: Sure, sure. Um, I think Dr. Hawkins uh, talked about, like, the frequencies of things, and it's very important what you're saying, the difference between desire and attachment, because desire is a significantly higher frequency than attachment. Attachment is, like mm-hmm. I think, something like 80, and then desire is something like beyond 300. Um, and anyway, different people have different ways of measuring it, but they're two complete different states. Attachment is always a state of poverty because in a way when we're attached to something, we're attached to getting it from the outside so the information inside is I'm lacking, I don't have. So mm-hmm. as long as we remain attached to whatever it is we're wanting, it could be a relationship, it could be more prosperity, it could be health, it could be this, it could be that, it, doesn't, it could be weight loss, it doesn't matter what it is. But as long as we're in that state of attachment, we are saying to the universe, I am lacking, I am lacking, I am lacking. And the universe is very much like a mirror. The way we show up and look at it is the way that it reflects everything back to us. So in that way, you know, what we're experiencing is a, is a reflection of our inner world. One way, and it's very hard, like when we really want something, you know, then naturally we all get attached. The ego just gets us attached there. So how do we unhook from that? Well, one great way to do it is to get into an alignment with our worst-case scenario. Think of what the worst-case scenario might be and see how, even in that worst-case scenario, we can emerge as a winner. And we call that the mm. winner's attitude. So if right. you can kind of relax with the worst-case scenario, in a way, how the, pregnant, the woman who got pregnant did, she thought about it, and she's like, you know what? Ad- uh, adopting a child is as wow and exciting and beautiful to me as having it through my own body So at that moment she was unattached from the need to get pregnant But it doesn't mean she let go of that desire um, For me, there's a quick story I want to say How like acting wasn't happening in my life for a really long time uh, When I went back to Turkey And when I brought that up to my mentor, he's like, the very first question he slapped me with is like, you know, I said, what are you afraid of? And I realized, although I was having all these, you know, auditions on high levels, nothing was happening because I was afraid of if I got picked for a big project and what if I failed, I didn't do well. So in a way, the one time, on the one end, I'm trying to manifest, but on the other end, because of my fear, I'm actually demanifesting what I wanna manifest. So I gotta deal with the fear. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so ridiculous. You know, mm-hmm. worst case scenario, I'm already teaching yoga, which I love to do. At that time, coaching had just started. I was just at the very beginnings of the coaching journey and I was loving what I was doing. And I'm like, I already have two careers that I love, and if the acting thing doesn't happen, then great that will be a great sign that i put all my resources and energy to the two things that i already love oh my god that's like a winning game so i made this decision on a sunday i went to auditions on a monday and a tuesday and i got one tv series one movie and one major commercial (laughs) all in like 48 hours because i made my worst case scenario okay and I no longer had an attachment or a protection in response to the fear.
1: And did those different uh, spirituals manifest? Were you in those uh, movies and shows and so forth?
2: Say that one more time?
1: Yeah. Did those actually materialize? Did you find yourself in the movie and also in the TV show? Oh, yeah, 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 of course,
2: of course, of course. Yeah, yeah, I I got picked for all, all three of those projects.
1: Great, that's great.
2: Perfect. all like and shot all of them and it looked like they were all going to kind of schedule-wise not work and i'm like you know what universe take care of the schedule and everything kind of comes around mm-hmm. and i got to do all of those three things and it was absolutely so much fun
1: so you put all this energy into it all was powerful emotional energy intense visualization you also embrace the worst case scenario what if this happens well that's okay if it does that's a great way to let go of it to be non attached to it it's going to leak the energy to help them manifest. It's really a great, great process. And you also talk about in your work, working with the inner child, how to help somebody find the inner child and heal what happened early in life to help them get past the blockages to keep them locked inside their own cage. Can you talk more about that, the inner child work?
2: Oh, Thank you, Dr. Wong. Your questions are just so wonderful. Thank you so much. Um, yeah the inner child work and we kind of when we came out with this ourselves we didn't realize that there was like many there was such a concept out in the world actually also in psychology this that and the other thing um the way that we do it is you know when we have an emotion a big kind of a reaction we call it sizzling emotion you know (laughs) when we're cooking something and how it sizzles and sometimes our emotions Mm -hmm. like that can be like it's like totally sizzling that's actually a great time um, you know, to do the inner child work. So you, you know, close your eyes and you go into that sizzling emotion. You go to the negative emotion that you're resisting and you try to find out where, where it is in your body. And it'll most, mostly always sit on one of the chakras, sometimes in our back or in our, on our shoulders. So when we tune into the emotion, it will feel like it's locked up somewhere in the body. So let's say it's my stomach. Uh, when you feel that walking in the stomach, you would just like focus there and say, okay, when did I meet this emotion for the first time? In what memory or what age did I come across this emotion? And oftentimes, and with a little bit of help, of course, with somebody, what happens is your consciousness will immediately take you to the moment or the memory where you made up your mind about whatever is still ruling your life. So it could be something like, you know, oh, um, I don't know, our father hit us over the head because we weren't like figuring out the math. And he said, you know, oh, what a stupid child you are. And you know, the dad is just saying that as a matter of speech, maybe as a five or a six or a seven year old, You know we take that to heart and if we made a conclusion about ourselves like oh i guess i must be stupid well we're not stupid we're very intelligent beings but if we live carry on with that belief system we'll have that experience because simply we're you know believing it so you Mm -hmm. would go back take your adult self and re-coach the child out of it and say things like I know your father said this, but you know, he's just you know, just angry and just saying it. There's no way you're stupid. <laughs> and you just like take care of the child and give her or him your love, and you show direction. And after that, you run the memory forward again. And if there's a change in the memory that surprises the individual, then a big shift in consciousness is usually happens.
1: Exactly. So it really is a beautiful process to examine that issue of being injured early in life, emotionally, verbally, physically, however it might be, which then affects the energy field and your exactly. So we go back and take that part. Folks, we're here today. Ezra, I've got fascinating book, money is Growing Trees. Ezra, please tell our, our listeners where they can find out more about you and your seminars and webinars and your books. Please go ahead.
2: Thank you, Dr. Um, Well, the book uh, we're selling from Amazon, and I think it's on the website of Barnes & Noble. And, you know, online it's possible to find it. Money Does grow on Trees, The Myths We Create and Live By. After I wrote the book, I realized there's like 20 other titles <laughs> that says money mm-hmm. does or doesn't grow on trees. So uh, The Myths We Create and Live By. Um, it's available on Amazon and online. Our website is we do everything we do with my beloved husband. We're business partners as well, and he's just phenomenal. <laughs> he's really funny. Um, and our website is uh, www.ikeandesra.now.com. That is A N D E S. R-A-N-O-W dot com. If uh, any of this resonates with you guys and you would love to eventually buy a product or be a part of a workshop or just, you know, say hello, uh, you're very welcome to leave your email, um, and then, you know, we'll know you'll want to be hearing from us.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, great. Angela, thank you very much uh, for all your hard work and your great book and your research and your discoveries. We appreciate having you on the show today. You get a lot to, what to tell people, and you definitely should check out your book and also your seminars and webinars. Thanks a lot for being here.
2: Oh, Dr. Ram, thank you so much. You just asked such great questions. Although, like I, you know, from the connection, uh, I was having a hard time hearing you. Thank you. I understood most of the questions, and they were just phenomenal questions. Thank you so much.
1: Well, thank you for great answers. I think you're so intuitive. You answered. We could hear it halfway or not. So, (laughs) and all the best to you. Take care. God bless. Bye.
0: Found 2015 is a film that sparks of intrigue about the discovery of quantum field psychology. throwing a sexy spy story, a conflict between father and son against the backdrop of NASA, and interspersed with World War II flashback combat scenes and you'll be surprised to discover the foundation of a whole new theory of mind. Rent or buy Paradise Lost 2015 at Amazon.com and prepare for the explosive conclusion. That's Paradise Lost 2015 at Amazon.com. If you want USA and worldwide car rentals, choose RentAcar.com. Free cancellations on most bookings, no hidden charges. They are trusted by over 4 million customers. Visit our advertiser page and click on the RentAcar banner. Do you ever wonder how the mind works? The Endless Question, a film by Dr. Ron Dalrymple, shows you a new theory of mind, one that bridges the road between spirituality and science while revealing to you the laws of creativity. Things that can open up your mind to limitless possibilities. It is literally a theory that changes everything. And once you know it, you can apply it to your own life. View The Endless Question for free on Amazon Prime. The Endless Question on Amazon Prime. This is Jack Maher from the band Feed the Kitty. It's important to support the artists you love. And you can do that and get something authentic for yourself. Rock.com has the most coveted licensed merchandise of music, culture, and entertainment. So go to the advertiser page and click on Rock.com now. Quantum Field Psychology Second Edition is an astounding book on the new theory of mind. It is the first unified field theory that incorporates the influence of the mind and emotion on physical reality, the universe, and even other minds. It actually integrates all modern psychology with quantum physics, mathematics, Western, and Eastern spiritual beliefs. It's the true bridge between science and spirituality. Get your copy of Quantum Field Psychology, second edition by Dr. Ron Dalrymple on Amazon.com. Radio your way. HealthyLife.net.
1: Welcome back. Dr. Ryan Dalrymple on Mind Shock. We just talked to the fat name Ezra Ogut. He read a great book called Money Does Grow on Trees. Now, think about that. Money grows on trees? No, we're taught the opposite, aren't we? We're taught that if you want to make money, you've got to work hard. You've got to slave away. You've got to put your, your shoulder to the plow, as it were, and work long hours, hard hours for minimal pay. And maybe someday you'll find somebody to make more money. Well, we can double shift and so on. A lot of folks live their lives and spend their lives that way in sort of quiet desperation. In fact, one of the concepts today that people discovered is good key is to learn how to work smart, not necessarily work hard. Of course, I support working hard, I it's a great idea, but we must build into it working smart and putting a lot of energy into making great things happen. Now, she talks about it in her book the idea that the way to really generate prosperity is to change how you think about it, to go back in life and think about your earlier thoughts about wealth. Many people, of course, have a great fear of money, actually, you have an attraction for it, but also a fear. We're taught to think that rich people are evil. You have money, you got it by doing dirty things, that money is filthy lucre, and that type of thing. There's no way to, to be pure in the world is to be poor. There's a great, great pureness in poverty. But, of course, it's total nonsense. We have inside of tremendous creative powers. It is our. And in life, if we choose to accept it, it's our mission in life, to create great wealth, or at least prosperity, and use that to help other people, make their own lives better, support our families, and also help the world in various ways. We create more wealth, you can use that to lift up others, to give to the poor, to inspire others, to teach others, to be used in many positive ways. So the idea that the money alone is bad is simply not true. The love of money, or the worship of money, of, uh, enslavement by money, yes. Those are evil paths to fall into because they will destroy you. So one of the great keys he talked about is you make a being shift. You shift to a new state of being, which is really a set of frequencies of consciousness, a new set, a new way of thinking. What a conscious constellation conscious we often talk about shifts from one of the negatives or victims and so forth to one of the you know, great energy and great power inside us. Like he talked about it at 16 years old, she had a near-death experience where she left the body, went to the spiritual body, had many great revelations, and came back to the physical world and was able then to just make it back to shore, next wave, carry it back to shore, in a very powerful way, and she felt like she was lifted up and helped by perhaps higher conscious beings. Now, similarly, when I was 22 years old, I was swimming off in North Turow in Massachusetts, which is part of Cape Cod. I was swimming around, and they had a very powerful undertow I was really aware of. And after just a few minutes, I looked towards the shore, and people were the size of ants. Now you can imagine the feeling. You're way out there too. There's no light burners out there. There's nobody around. You realize if you don't you know, turn too fast and get back to shore, you might well drown. So I called upon the higher power. I said, God, please help me. The angels help me. And you may not believe this, but I felt like a great power lifted me up and propelled me across where I swam very powerfully towards the shore, probably stronger than ever swam in my life. Without breaking that conscious focus, I'm going to make it back to shore no matter what. So I swam intensely for I don't know how many minutes. Finally got back to the shore, which looked like a football field away. Oh, more than that, I think. Maybe it was two football fields away. It was really way out there. And I just collapsed on the, the beach, totally exhausted. The people around, I couldn't tell what happened. I was but understood. I was other exhausted. But I really called on that higher power, and something really did come over me. Now, And these stories about this, and people are facing death and whatnot, near death experiences. Whereas some higher source intervenes and really influences our perception state of mind. What she's talking about is shifting our state of consciousness on a daily basis when you really feel yourself as that higher energy being. You know that there's great gifts inside you. You know you have this touch of divinity inside you. And you have the power to bring that forth into your life. Now, many folks don't do that We live lives of quiet desperation, believing all the negative junk, we're taught by the media. The was by governments, or were taught by universities, they were by churches, who have it in their best interest to not tell us the truth even if they know it. Many of them don't know it, but the reality is that we have something much greater inside us. This battle, this fight for the souls, as it were, of humankind, has gone on for thousands and thousands of years where various dark forces have tried to enslave mankind and create kingdoms of their own making. there are very small groups the people control the whole system, whereas the vast majority of human beings just want to be free. That's why Americans are created, and earth's not going to be created some reason. People want to be free, not enslaved by some overarching government or military or university or churches or whatever. They want to be free. That's our God-given right to be free. We have such great powers to create upon earth as well. And a real goal in life, I would say, is to discover those powers, to bring those forth, to bring those to earth, and various ways that's help you do that are to... Yet, being ECF realizing you have great powers inside you and knowing that for sure, also being grateful when you really powerful approach is the attitude of gratitude, and not just a small amount of that, but being grateful for all things, being grateful all the time for all your experiences, That every experience is the can teach you great things. Every experience is like an egg, which is going to open up in your life all kinds of energy and insight to teach you things about yourself and about the world around you, if you're to that idea. Also, we want to bless ourselves and love ourselves as much as we can, and love all those around us. The more love you pour forth to yourself, into life, into the world, and other people, the more it lifts them up and it lifts you up. And that power of love occurs at a very, very high frequency. She talked about the frequency of desire is much higher than the frequency of attachment. Attachment bonds you to a physical object, in many cases, which lowers your energy field. You want to be attached to physical objects. You might want to have them and make life more comfortable and not be played by them. Your the desire has a higher frequency, and a much higher frequency still is love, especially pure spiritual love or divine love, is self and for all beings. That is a great, great power to lift you up and you transform your life to you change your life. You want to pour love into all situations. And you have conflicts with other people. Pour love in. Another way to help transform yourself to a higher state is go back to that inner child we all have a new child, the memory of his earlier life, all of us were stepped on in some way, abused, insulted, attacked, verbally abused, emotionally, physically, emotionally, sexually. People go through horrible things in childhood when they're abused by us or neglected, and that's the uh, problem. So it damages their ego, it damages their sense of self, and the ego becomes very protective in a very defensive way. It tries to enslave us, but also to protect us. That's the irony of ego. But our job is to transcend that ego, the cave, people extend the books and ancient stories being be trapped in that cave. People get used to the cave and don't want to get out of it. Their goal is to get out. And part of of that journey can be to help that inner child heal, to go back to where that damage occurred, and help the inner child experience that again from a new perspective, then you're okay, you're loved, you're protected. So the inner child can experience it again and release the trauma. Use a very similar technique and working with trauma victims who have suffered PTSD. We use hypnosis, we go back to the event that traumatized them. We help them step back and see it as an external observer. And by doing so, they can observe the entire thing in the mind to integrates these brains together. With PTSD itself it has a dissociative effect on the memory. It gets rid of the symptomatology and the person heals. It gets beyond all those expectations. So there are ways to heal when experience early in life to tap into the discovery that we are these higher conscious beings. That is the truth. And there are many pathways to it. But if you're out there, folks, we're talking to 135 countries, uh, 1.5 million more people, 165 platforms, wherever you are, please, share your ideas with other people, spread the word around, share the books we've talked about with others. Also check out our books we've mentioned before, one is Eight Days of Creative Power, Tapping the Creative Forces of you. you? In other words, I love you, God, that tap into place aphorisms or statements about the fact that we are divine spiritual beings. Another book is The Inner Manager, about a journey a young man goes on, discovers true creative self. Another book, of course, is Quantum Field Psychology, which is kind of a seminal, seminal theory. The based of a film on uh, uh, pardon, on Amazon Prime, The Endless Question. in my voice here, folks, talking for hours and hours. You know, the Endless Question is about that whole journey of discovery, discovering you are a divine being defense. So the check those out. We have a new book coming out called Mind Games People Play, about the mind games that go on, which hold us back in life. We also hold ourselves back by playing mind games for ourselves. That's the ego talking. In hey folks, thanks for being with us. We love you all. We're back next week for more fascinating guests and ideas. So hang in there. Peace and love and light to all. We'll talk to you next week. Dr. Ryan Dalrymple on MindShock signing off.